Oh, I can hear you so good. Woo! So good. So good, dude. So good, baby. I was doing the, uh, listen, baby. Yeah. You know, not the right song, but it's the right song. Same difference. It all works out. It's the right song for me. Yeah, no, it's a good song, but the wrong song. In what regard? You were saying, so good, baby, but it's listen, baby. Yeah, yeah, I was doing a play off of it, but with different words. Right, so not the same song at all. Okay, <laughs> we're fucking splitting apples. Yeah, that's what we're doing. This is Bad Bandmates, and if you've listened to us for a while, you know that we do album swaps, yeah. and this week, since we were doing kind of our evolution of musical style, <laughs> <laughs> we both wanted to just kind of pick something random. This is kind of almost a freebie week. We could have just picked whatever, and so for me... The band is called Defeater, and the album is called Empty Days and Sleepless Nights. And Josh, what did you give me? I gave you One Fell Swoop by the Spill Canvas. That's right. So, yeah. Um, Defeater is uh, more of a like melodic hardcore, uh, post hardcore band, I guess you could call it. And, uh, the Spill Canvas is kind of like emo in alternative, sort of, I guess you could say. They were definitely of that era. Yeah. I guess they just released a new album this year, by the way. They did. Maybe we'll talk about that or something like that. But um, what do you want to do first? I, I kind of want to do Spill Canvas, but... Let's do that one, then. I'm going to try and go track by track, um, but I do have kind of like a big old written out thing sure. for it. Sure. Um, so first song on the album, Lusta Prima Vista. Um, first thing off the bat, I just noticed that there's a lot of clean sounding guitars. Like their guitar work is very, like, there's not a lot of like distortion or crazy effects on it. They have just this nice clean setup and I love that. First of all, like their guitar work, I think is, um, it's not anything super crazy or over the top. It just has this nice clean sound. And I love, I love when you can nail that clean sound, you know, it's one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite, I guess, parts of this band. Not a lot of people do that. Well, they did it pretty well. No, I think that it's harder than you'd think like you you'd think that you can just be like oh just like turn off all effects and it sounds good and it's like well it's a little bit (laughs) more complicated than that it needs like it does need tweaking and stuff like that i'm not a guitar person but like i feel like it's probably more hard than i'd think you know i have a guitar and i've tried to make it sound good for what, what do you think, like 15 years, and I haven't been able to do it. So it's definitely not that easy. Sure. 
So that's kind of the first thing I noticed right off the bat. Uh, the singer has this nice voice. It's not overly whiny like the like the emo bands of that day or like the alternative bands of that day. And the voice is more like, I don't know, it's kind of pleasing. And it kind of, there are certain tracks on this where I think they verge, or <laughs> verge, they, um, they're on the edge of like, hitting almost like this straight up rock voice, but like, I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to describe, but maybe we'll talk about it when we get to those tracks. Yeah. Um, there was this cool little thing they did after the second verse where they did these little like woo, 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 like tucked away backing vocals that mm. I felt like it carried really nicely throughout it. And then there was even this cool little way they ended out the song where they did this switch up on the accents of the beats. Like if it was like, they did like, they switched up the kick and the hi-hat sort of thing. And it ended it out. It was just like a measure or two, but I thought that that was a really cool way to end it rather than doing like a fade out or like just a abrupt stop or a crash out and stuff like that. So overall, like at the start of this, I'm liking it, you know, nothing to cool. complain about. Uh, well, <laughs> Maybe maybe we'll talk about lyrics later because I feel like you can batch about a bunch of these in kind of one, one or two different I mean, categories. You can really to me. push this whole album into it's it's a the it like you said he doesn't have that overly emo voice. Yeah, but this is an emo album. It's the sad. Definitely. It's the sad boy. You know. Yep. Boy. Yep, exactly. Crying over a girl album. Yeah. Exactly. Um. That's all I got for Lesta Prima Vista. Uh, any words on that one? The only thing that I guess I would have to add is the, I don't know if you caught it, but they do this little bit right before the last chorus, I think. And they have like okay. this little, this little like drum fill and then they stop and there's just a couple like claps. It's like, yeah. Dan -it, Dan -it, Dan -it, Dan -it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was a really, I thought that was a really cool portion and What's the, this year on this album? 2005? Right. 2005. So really the only other thing that had cool shit like that that I listened to was the matches. But as we learned from Decomposer, yeah. they were kind of over the top. Crazy <laughs> yeah. with their shit they did. Right. Yeah. And I mean, they the, throughout this album, I think there's a really cool little bits like that that, you know, they, they have a lot of, um, I guess you could say like, really cool little hits and accents and staccato -y bits that like that like make it just that much more punchier or they completely like stop everything and it's like all sound is cut off for like a couple of beats and then they'll come back in with something they do a lot of cool stuff like that throughout the album that yep. like i think keep you interested enough i, I think because uh spoiler alert i feel like this is kind of for me a little bit of a like middle of the road sort of album like sure. it's it's not anything spectacular it's not anything bad um for me uh it it did have this hit of like nostalgia to it because it just sounded like that era where i was you know really enjoying this type of music um and i think nostalgia has a big tie to like if i would have liked this album or not Definitely. um you know, it just kind of, they do these nice little things throughout the album. 
that I can appreciate. And then we get to Staple Gund. Uh, for me, it, it's kind of weird because I think they only had maybe two music videos or something released with this album, something like that. Maybe, yeah. maybe two or three singles. And I think this was one of them. And I just kind of, this track was a little bit like, to me, not a standout compared to some of the other tracks, like the first one or Polygraph right now. Um, maybe we'll get to another one that I was really liking or whatever, but this one didn't have as big of a like hit to me, I, I guess that I feel like maybe other people thought it was good, but I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. And they did. So the album before this is uh-huh. the majority of it is acoustic. And when they do bring in full oh. band, it, okay. it sounds, I guess, iffy would be the way I would describe it. It's good. But it sounds very, like, recorded in a garage. Like, they didn't have a budget, and they didn't really know how to record full band. I think this is the first time that they really did this. So, Staple Gun, compared to some of the other songs, is a little on the heavier side with the guitar work. Yeah. So, I think that that's probably why they picked it. Because I think the other one that they had a video for was the next song, Polygraph Right Now, if I remember right. And that was, like, the hit. That yeah. made them as popular as they got, which I have more on later on. But okay. Okay. So I, I think that they, I'm assuming that they went for a little more of an aggressive tone because they were new to recording full band and that one sounded big, maybe. Yeah, it, it just, for me, I was kind of like, okay, sure. Yeah. And you explaining that their previous work was more on the like, maybe acoustic or I don't know, mellow side? Is yeah. it more mellow? Yeah. Well, it, I guess it, it had the same energy, but it was mostly okay. just the singer and a guitar. And those were like the standout parts. When the full band came in, I would label it as awkward, maybe. Okay. That's interesting. Okay, cool. Um, but that makes that actually makes more sense to why this album kind of is structured and sounds the way it does. Because... I feel like the first three songs, um, even though Staple Gun is a little bit forgettable, I think the first three songs on the album, I was expecting something different and maybe like more high energy or a little bit more aggressive than I got. Um, and then it's kind of just like the first three songs, they kind of like give their fullest like uh explosive energy and then it's like eh, and it kind of yeah. i mean there's there's high points and stuff on the album but it doesn't come close to like the first three songs yeah um so that's kind of all i got on staple gun and then uh polygraph right now um i like this track the way it started, you could tell kind. You can kind of tell if you've listened to enough of this music where they come in with this soft sort of slow guitar, and you can tell that they're going to do this almost abrupt stop into like a really picked up pace, fast tempo sort of thing. Yeah, and that's exactly what they did, and I love that. And they took it and they ran with it. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's a pretty standard two thousand five. I guess ba- yeah. banger of a of a track, and obviously, yeah. as I'm sure you may have guessed, but that was the song that introduced me to the band. Sure, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's such a yeah. It feels like that's such a different band almost in that song. But yeah, 
I don't know. Maybe we'll come back to that. But um, that's really all I have for the polygraph right now is that I love the track. It just had this explosive energy to it. It was this nice little beginning uh, slowness to it that kind of exploded into this upper tempo, fast paced thing. So, yeah, I think the only other thing that I would add is that song, I think, is a great example of how good this guy's voice can be. And how much yeah. control he has with falsettos, which is not easy to do. And I think he yes. was one of the better that I had heard, especially in that era. I agree with that. I, I think the their voice is just is really good. I really enjoy their voice. Because, again, you don't get, like, <laughs> the annoyances of some of the the bands that were coming out of that day. And there's not a lot of, like, screaming or anything Although I will say that I think, um, you know, with they they do have good control and stuff like that. Um, after a while, it did get kind of samey, where yep. uh, especially with the formula, they kind of stick to a formula with this whole album. It's it's a lot of the time, verse chorus verse chorus, and then some sort of bridge back to the chorus, and the song's done. And yep. most of the songs end up being around five minutes so it kind of drains a little bit and a lot of the time the verses tend to be kind of like low key like like um and then they'll burst into this like wah like kind of like you know uh like high energy higher register sort of thing um again i think a couple tracks that's that's uh great i think if this was like an ep's length i would have been like way more into it um it did get a little draining after a while but we'll get to that i have a whole paragraph written out you know um dutch courage i think is the next one yeah um i just kind of wrote uh acoustic sad jam of course, you got to throw one of those in there. Yep. <laughs> so. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, I, yeah, it's just a really slow kind of acoustic jam. And there was there was cool little percussive bits and stuff in there and, and whatnot. Uh, if this is the right one that I'm thinking of. I, yep. Yep. Right they there. have some like they have a, snare rolls and yeah, stuff. Yeah, a couple snare rolls, a couple weird little just like lying around the studio instruments that they just added in for mm-hmm. some some little cutesy shit because relatively the the song is relatively boring. And yeah. if it wasn't for those little additives and him changing maybe tonally on some of the the parts that we're repeating, it it's a very stale song. Right. Agreed. Moving on. Um Natalie Marie and 1CC, I believe is the title. That is the title? I always um, thought it was just Natalie Marie until this very moment. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> this was, when I was listening to this album, it, it was mixtapes. So I knew that Natalie Marie would be the title, but I never actually, I mean, I'm no. sure I owned it on iTunes, but you burn it onto a CD and you don't get the track listing, you know? Right. <laughs> so there we go. Um. Again, I noticed kind of the guitar work on this one. It has a lot of clean tones with like the the staccato parts that I was talking about. And staccato is just like where the it's this like short little snaps of of uh, chords or hits or 
uh, they do this little like paint, 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 like with the guitar and the, the drum is usually, you know, hitting their kick drum or like their hi-hat, you know, to the same exact rhythm as the guitar. Um, I just kind of like that little staccato pattern that they had with it. I think they only did it maybe during the verse, like maybe the first or second verse. I, maybe it was both. I, I, I can't remember. Honestly, I think, it, at this I think point. it's in both. Like okay. Right at the tail end of them. Yes. Yeah. And then they you know, burst into the chorus or whatever. Um, that's all I kind of have on this one. Again, it's, it's kind of your stereotypical uh, emo sort of uh, endeavor into a sad song or whatever. <laughs> I it don't is, know. yeah. It's, it's, uh, this is another... See, looking back on it, everything sounds like very generic of the time. But again, yeah. in, in 05, when it came out and all of this was fresh, it was different. But it's very... It has the Taking Back Sunday kind of call and response type vocals. It has yeah. a little bridge before the chorus where everything drops out, but a simple kick drum in the bass and some low register vocals, and then it booms back into the chorus. And it's very, very of the era. Yeah, again, I have like no qualms with it. It's I just kind of am like, uh, I think by the end, um, they had shown their hand many times over you know they there wasn't any more tricks up the sleeve sort of thing and um not that that's bad they clearly had a vision and they went for it and so i appreciate that but um we'll get to that when we get to that teleport a and b um the chorus grew had this like little groovy guitar lick that they played in it um I gotta, I gotta listen to that really quick. I gotta, it's like this, like, let me see. Oh, I was kind of close. It's like, like, it's, it's just this, it's like this, uh, if you were playing, yeah. yeah, and then it's like, yeah, <laughs> it I had this little cool groove. I, I really hate this song. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Why is that? I just want to get that out there. I don't know. Something about it bothers me. I just okay. never been a fan. I think it's lyrically. It sounds dumb. I I will say that this, the chorus, especially, especially on this one, was pretty, like, weak. Cheese I just ball. was like, I was like, yeah, yeah it, it, it is. It's, it's oozing with cheese, dude. And so that, not in a good way. No, cheese um, boys. But it did you hear in the verse they did do a cool cool little bit. They had some slide guitar. Uh I think it's mm-hmm. in the second verse. I don't remember if it was in the first, but it's super, super high pitched and very tucked in your right ear. Cool little slide guitar. Sure. Cool little bit. Don't like the song. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh this is for keeps, I believe this is the next one. Yep. Um I wrote uh, a little bit boring, but is he talking about being a vampire? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. <laughs> um, it's like they talk about like I, I, at first, just on like a first listen before I went back into the lyrics and stuff like that. Like I thought it was just like yet another like, you know, cut my wrist and black my eyes sort of song. And like. But, like, 
it talks about like not being a, or leaving the human race, becoming yeah, immortal. Dude. Uh, something about fangs and being I pale. I believe he says my fangs are aching at the thought yeah. of you and I together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. It's like it's like he, they are already a vampire and they want their like significant other to like become a vampire with them to like last forever or something. Yeah, that's what I. When did Twilight gathered. come out? What is uh, this? I think it was after this. Was it Twilight okay. and like? Well, actually, I don't. I, I don't know. I think Twilight came out after it as well. Um, so this was pre-vampire hype, you know. Well, yeah. I guess probably Underworld was was out. So, which that movie kind of rocks. So Dracula had already been out for like sixty years. Uh, more than way more than that, <laughs> but yes. Um, well, the one I'm so, thinking of. He's been around since uh, I don't know. Whenever. Uh, What's the name of the country? Pennsylvania. Transylvania. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure, but I think Pennsylvania is a state. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what he wants you to think. Um, <laughs> so Himeros and Eros. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah. I'm not um, sh- I always say humorous, but I know that's not what it is because it's H-I-M, but I still say humorous. It might, it very well might be, you know, (laughs) um, just uh, at this point, it's, it's just, again, it's kind of one of those like more stale feeling tracks where, um, okay, I've seen you kind of do this, you know, sort of thing, um, to death at this point. So it's just, you know, and it's, it still has that same formula. Um, so at this point I'm kind of like, all right, you know, um, I get it sort of thing. Um, not a bad track or anything. It's just like growing a little bit stale. So sure. anything on that one? Uh, no, he pretty much nailed it. I mean, it does have, it has hints of just about every song before it. That was better in this track. Yes. Is how I yep. would describe it. Um, but I do, I am a big fan of the guitar work on this. I, it might it might okay. just run for the whole album, I suppose, but they do have that clean, they write like acoustic riffs and then they play it on a clean guitar with maybe a little bit of background dirt on it. And I think it translates yep. really well. And the guitar work on this I agree. is excellent, I think. I'll agree with that. Break a leg. Uh, I feel like they kind of mixed it up with the, the verse groove on this. It almost had this like sort of, not to like the extreme degree, but like it almost had this like sort of like Spanish flair to it. Not yeah. like a lot, but like it had that kind of the same type of like Spanish style chords and like a little kind of it was a more groovy like sort of track than what the, I was used to so far. Yeah, I got a little Spanish vibe on it, too, especially after the verse. You remember they do that weird, they, like the drums kind of go into like this halftime kind of yep. dancey sounding vibe, but that's exactly. where I always got the Spanish vibe. But I love the the verse on this when he does the little, where did you come from? Where have you? That little bit, I guess. Yeah. Super nice sounding. It's yeah. like, it's that catchy wordy shit that you know that I like. Absolutely. Then Secret Oath. I believe is next and this one <laughs> this one almost had like a small 
country-esque sort of flair to it. Yeah, it's like, like Americana sounding a little bit. Definitely, yeah. I don't know what it was. It was just like the way that they were playing the guitar riffs is like everyone knows that kind of style of like mm-hmm. country guitar riffs. They had a lot of that. Any song Jason Isbell, I think is his name, is ever made sounds like this song. Okay. You know who that is? I don't. Oh, okay. I don't. Well, if you ever listen to any of his songs, I'll show you sometime because I actually have a couple I like. It's this song. Okay. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, Valiant. Valiant. Could have said that a little bit more clear. Valiant. Uh, this is the point where I was like, all right. <laughs> Like, I'm just like, okay, there was, I was like, you got me with the Spanish flair and the like little country, you know, sounding bit, but then you bring it right back to what, you you know, I'm familiar with throughout this whole album. Uh, But he mentioned zombies in it, I think. And I was like, oh, we got vampires and zombies. I think that, I think the zombies bit in this one is more of a like metaphorically like, people are zombies or something but yeah i i just kind of was like eh, okay i'm over it sort of sure. <laughs> sort of thing sure. um and it's long too the, this back half of the album all of the songs yes. run to five minutes which they're they're a yeah. little they're a little on the long side i think that this song has bits and pieces that are really cool like when it yeah. when it builds into the chorus but i'm i'm with you that it's it could be a little on the stale side yeah I, I guess I could say probably the same exact thing about, um, bound to happen, and self conclusion. I it's just at this point, uh, yeah, the songs were too long, and it was just it was already a little bit old. So, you know, it again overall, I think not so bad. Um, the album is you know above above average album but i don't think that there's enough to keep me interested or coming back to it maybe one or two songs but sure. um but uh you could tell that you know i they well i guess i'll just read my paragraph now read your paragraph um, baby <laughs> um I wrote that, you know, it's it's an extremely set in the middle of that emo alternative band style, and it very much was of its time. Uh, emotional lyrics, um, not so whiny as other groups. For me, this album doesn't hit, but it doesn't miss. Uh, I think they played everything exactly how they should have, added harmonies and interesting drum beats and fills to keep your attention. I love the guitar work because they do that very clean style. Uh, and I think that they they wanted more of a focus on the lyrics, which, you know, you could tell just by how wordy and uh, everything that they tended to be. Um, they had the formula of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, end, and rarely does it break away from that. Everyone's talented in the band. I just think that there were other bands doing similar stuff that had more tricks up their sleeve. Like I said at the beginning, the first like three, four songs, I already heard everything that was going to happen throughout the album. 
going through the lyrics, uh, it seemed like there was just a ton of relationship stuff, whether that's good to the point of like needing to see this person, uh, not in a, well, there was some obsessive bits and there was some non-obsessive bits. (laughs) There was cheese and there was not cheese. Uh, and then there was like the opening track that talks about being in this like cycle of going back to your exes or one night stands or whatever and just not moving past and yeah that was kind of a weird track (laughs) Um, (laughs) but then all in all again i just bring it back to the point of it's not it's not um, incredible and it's not bad and i think that the vocalist is good and the guitar work is clean and there was enough interesting drum bits in the beginning of the album especially it kept me a little bit interested. So that's all I have to say. I uh, So I gave you this album, one, because yeah. I, I like it. I don't listen to it fully through anymore because, I've heard, like you said, it gets, you know, you know what's going to happen. In 2005, when it came out and all of this kind of music was fresh, it was a lot more interesting. But I wanted to give you this album, and I think that their next album they kind of grow into recording full band. Some of the mm. songs get a little more radio friendly, a little more cheese ball, but some are a little heavier, a little more grit vocally and whatnot, which I like, but I wanted to give you this one because I think that this is one of the bands such as the matches that I feel got, I don't know if I want to say unfair break, but I'm going to use that. I think that they are, if I compare them to other bands that were doing this in that era, I think that they're better they just they didn't have the producer, they didn't have the cash flow, they didn't have the record label, maybe, whatever it may be. They never really got to a peak that I think that this album shows that they could get to if they were steered in the right direction and if they had somebody kind of maybe coercing them to stay away from certain repetitive features of the album or adding a little spice on the things. And it kind of makes me sad because I think that they are one of the better bands that I've listened to. Mm. that just never really got any farther than playing clubs to three, four, five hundred people, which isn't bad, but it blows my mind that, like, these guys didn't get that far, and, I don't know, like, fucking U2 plays stadiums. It just, it just, it it makes me (laughs) sad. Maybe that's not a great reference, but you understand what I'm saying. I think that they had the potential to be as big as like taking back Sunday or any of those kinds of bands. And they never quite got there. And I think that their talent is to an extent better. They just maybe didn't have the production value or maybe didn't have the producer or whatever it is. But so it's an important right. album to me because I really like it. Like I like this a lot more than the, the taking back Sundays or dashboard confessionals or any of those bands that quote unquote made it. Yes. So cool. I got you. Well, I'm glad you didn't despise it, although it wouldn't have mattered if you did, because I still love you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I, again, I'm glad I listened to it. It's just, yeah, I probably won't come back to it, but maybe one or two songs or something, sure. you know. Sure. Oh, boy. And now we get to this. All right. <laughs> the moment you've all been probably waiting for. Yeah, an album full of yelling and screaming, and I... I made Josh listen to it. So, yeah. Well, you know, let's just let's just go right in. How's that? So, <laughs> yeah. You empty. like sat back in your chair. 
<laughs> Empty <laughs> Days prep. and Sleepless Nights by the band Defeater. Hell yeah. So I kind of went song by song, but as you mentioned with the last band, this one was hard to do track by track to. Yeah. So I have bits that I'll probably talk about. So track number one, Warm Blood Rush. Mm-hmm. Uh very yelly right away (laughs) it was very yelly (laughs) yeah immediately in your face uh i can't tell i looked it up but at this point i couldn't tell if this was you said it was in the hardcore vein but i'm unsure about that it is it's like it's considered like melodic hardcore or like post-hardcore Okay, I don't Dude, know all of those fucking. I don't know sub subgenres. I barely know what the regular genre is. But this doesn't sound like the hardcore bands that you've given me, and right, I'd like it musically right away. I it's not that same fucking the same shit over and over yeah. on every song musically. Like, if you, what was the last band that you had me listen to? Uh, knocked loose, loose, yeah. And every song kind of had the same thing. They had that, yeah. that you know, that metal chugging yeah. guitar shit. This one had a little more value, I guess, and a little more thought maybe into yeah. what they were doing. And I, I appreciated it. They use a lot more like open spaces and like ringing out their guitars and letting, yeah. That's they, what they that's, use that a lot more. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is just right off the bat in Warm Blood Rush anyway. They they do leave a lot open, and I don't know. There there's air within it, which is is nice. Yep. Uh, however, it is really yelly and screamy in your face. So that's <laughs> that's all I have for Warm Blood Rush. It was a cool song. I didn't really get any standout bits in this. I felt like I knew what I was in for on the album just based off of this track. I'm not sure okay. if that really holds up as we move on, but I thought that I knew what I was into. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, oof. we'll get to my thoughts on this album at the end, of course. But like, what do you think about the drumming? I just want to let, I just want to ask. Oh, I'll, because... I'll get there. I'm going to get there on the okay. next song if that's okay. Excellent. Yep. All right. So next song is Dear Father. Uh, and I wrote a note that said, is this pre-hardcore? What is this genre? But turns out you said <laughs> post-hardcore. So I was just <laughs> on the wrong fucking side. <laughs> Uh, it, it sounds it, I this is reminiscent of bands that I listened to. I think this is a 2011 album. Yep. And I've listened to shit like this. Maybe not quite as screamy. And I'll talk about the vocals in a little bit because I have some some qualms. Not that I'm against the screaming because this isn't that growling shit that I hate. This is like yelling. This is that's part of the reason that I picked it. Yeah. yeah. This is throat and head screaming, which I can totally get behind. I like that. It's when they do that deep cool. growling shit that I get offended. Uh. But the beginning of the song is super, I, I don't know, it's just, it's really, again, really airy and clean guitars, and they're kind of twinkling with the yelling yep. going on top, and I did notice the drumming then on this song, where you've given me a lot of a lot of bands that have really good drummers, but it seems like they, they don't do, I don't want to say that they do the same shit, but they stick in their realm on the albums. This guy is very... Um, What's the word when you can do more than one thing? Phone a friend. Busy? <laughs> I don't know. Not busy. He just stylistically he can change what he's doing on a dime. Yeah. Which is, yeah. is nice because this song is kind of all over the place. He has a pretty four four 
verse vibe, and then he switches into kind of the, I guess what you said is the post-hardcore style drumming, and he, he does it really well. I'm not a big yeah. fan of the drum mixing on it. Okay. But I think that that really just lies in the snare. I think his snare sounds a little kind of wussy on okay. a little bit of the album. It's very snare sound heavy, and there's not a lot of bottom end, and that just kind of bugged me. That's personal preference, yeah. though. It has nothing nothing to do with the band. Uh, I got some... I got some brand new vibes on this, and then definitely. I don't know if you do. You remember the cover from "The Devil and God Are Raging Inside Me"? Yes. It was gonna, is it the same fucking house? Reason. Is it the same house? <laughs> yeah. That's another reason why I picked this. I was like looking, and I was like, I was like, I feel like this is close enough to brand new. To, it's you very know. musically. It's very similar. They do these little like on this song before they go into. I think it's the last verse they have like this little bridge part and then they have some some guitars going some clean guitars and then they have just Mm -hmm. this quick little like three note distorted riff that drives you into the chorus and like that's a total fucking brand new move so like i've i've heard it before and it never gets old and i love it so i'm (laughs) i'm pretty i'm pretty into it so far okay i don't think i have anything else on that song i'm good too all right so waves crash clouds roll the music is really good again on this one i just at this point and we're three songs in and i don't really know anything about like keys and songs i'm not good at that i can play shit but i never know what key it's in but i feel like he's screaming tonally in the exact same key yeah and it doesn't make sense yeah it that's that is one complaint i would say about the vocalist is that by the end of the album you're kind of like he hasn't changed his tone at all no it's just and yeah 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 yeah, and you can you can yell like that in pitch (laughs) yes like it's been done brand new is a great example of that he yells a lot and it changes with the song i guess absolutely so i'm missing a little bit of that in this i feel like they really could have benefited from that uh musically I, I thought the song was fantastic and they threw in some like like maybe mid to late 2000s kind of punk rock palm muting on the yes, on this little yeah. bridge part i thought that was a cool little touch um yeah you know what the music reminds me of a little bit too is some some portions remind me a little bit of the band that hunter gave us the menzingers i think sure there's, there's little little bits of it and it's just that that kind of like off-brand punk rock style guitars i think is really what i'm what i'm looking at but another yep. good song uh vocals are starting to bug me a little bit but musically i don't think they could do anything better and drums on this track are fucking crazy his tom oh my is god nuts i think it just starts off with him just doing like it's like this nuts. buddy rich fucking drum solo shit that at the beginning and and yeah, it's really but, uh it's not pan super hard in your ears when you listen to it either it's kind of right down the center with everything and i thought that was a really interesting way of mixing it but it was effective as shit the guitars are a little more panned which was kind of cool empty glass i didn't really realize that the song switched when it started playing if i'm being honest the transition was so clean that i kind of thought it was a like a bridge or something in the other song again it's the 
the twinkling guitars are cool, but I can't get into this track specifically because his vocals really upset me on this one. Yeah, it's pretty abrasive. It's yeah. so monotone, and I like. I even I I have a hard time even listening for what he's saying at a lot of points because it's just so fucking monotone. But I think this song might have been cool had they. I think that this song could have done with with no. Screaming, maybe. Sure. Is more what I'm getting at. And we'll talk about that at the end of the album yeah. and how they actually have that ability. This could have been yeah. a track where maybe they stuck away from that a little bit. Um, I have one more thing on it. Yeah, even I think they even try to give it like a little ambiance and he's like screaming from really far away into the microphone, but it's still that monotone yeah. shit and there's no, it just sounds like he stepped away and was doing the same fucking thing. I agree so, with that. Funny enough, though, I think that this is one of my favorite tracks on the album. Is it? Yeah, because number one, it has a tie for me to this is the first song that I was introduced to the band uh, of. It was because my friend Jake, um, he knew I was a drummer and like he was like uh, some of the other the one of the dudes that was like are you into real hardcore? Like that, <laughs> one of those guys that we <laughs> well, talked about. Well, that pretentious about. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, he introduced me to this and he's like, some of the other dudes, like, they don't like this band because like, whatever. And I'm, and he's like, I know you're a drummer, so like, check this song out or whatever. And um, holy smokes, like the drumming on this is just like, unbelievable. Like, yeah. I'll give you the, the vocalist, like, you know, something does need to switch up, right? I I completely agree with that. But like, the shit the drummer is doing on this is like just actually unbelievable. I've tried to like sit down and like watch him drum to it, and like, I don't understand what he's doing. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm yeah, like, he has these fills that I don't get how his hands get to where they get when they need to get there. That makes sense. Yeah. He's like he's like choking his cymbals and stuff like in the middle yeah. of doing like a big fill like he's doing like like he's I'm like okay how like you have eight hands yeah he's he's I would describe him as a math drummer maybe as opposed to yeah. like a field drummer like his part he probably doesn't need to hear shit that the other guys are doing and he could play through the entire song. Like I would imagine when they're on stage, he's just playing the song and not paying attention to what the fuck they're doing at all. He has yeah, to yeah, be because exactly. it, it requires so much thought to do these parts. Yep. I would guess. I don't know. I'm not even a tenth as good as he is, so I don't know what it feels like. And I'll I'll come back to the song at the end, but I'll let you kind of finish out because who it's good stuff. But anyways. So no kind of home, no kind of home. I think a transition would have been cool into this song after the last one. It was a little abrasive when it came in right away. Again, personal preference. The, mm-hmm. the drumming on this song again is where it like super started to catch my attention. Cause I don't know what, do you know what timing this is in? It's not four, four. I think it's in like three, four. It's just, it's, I, I envy anyone that can write a song in that fashion and then also play it. Uh, I think that the song was really good. And this is the first point on the album where I think he threw in like a little, 
a little jazz maybe on his vocals where it wasn't so monotone sounding. It wasn't sure. great, but it was a little bit better. There's a little break on this song mm-hmm. where it's just the kick and the ride for a second. And I thought that was a cool little part. Whereas I think that the song, it don't really only has two parts to it that really stand out in it. And without those little breaks like that, I think the song could get pretty stale, but that was a, that was a neat little bit. I like the song. It's, so far on the top of my list off of the album. Okay. The next track, White Knuckles. Okay. Which was another song that, again, musically very of the era, 2011. It sounds like some bands from that era. Uh, but the one that specifically stood out to me is a band that I used to listen to a couple tracks of. I didn't dive in much, but a couple songs. Blindside. You ever heard of Blindside? Oh, yeah. yeah. This is, it, yeah. It's... I think they're from the, around the same time frame, and this song reminds me a lot of Blindside with the starts and stops and just how aggressive, I guess, everything is flowing in it. Uh, yeah. Good, good song, and I did notice that they put a little bit of dirt on the bass on this song, a little bit of distortion, which I don't think I caught on the album up to this point, and that was nice, and it was it was kind of pretty distortion on it, like almost mm-hmm. almost jazzy sounding. So I dig it. Yeah. I dig I dig the album so far, with the exception of his vocals started to bug me a little bit again. Right. Uh I like the end. They kind of do this, it's like a snare roll build with a cleaner guitar going over it, and he's just kind of screaming. That part was fucking cool, and then it drops out and he really yells, and then it gets back into this really like punchy four four groove that they've been doing. I think it's four four. Yeah, it's definitely four four. Uh, and I thought that that was a cool little, again, of the era thing, but that was another like total blindside move. Just reminds sure. me a lot of that band at this point. Yeah. Cemetery Walls. I really like the bass tone in this song. Yeah. It starts and, out with like a nice little yep, nice bass little, solo. Nice little bass solo and then a really cool guitar that kind of fades in and, and builds. And I haven't heard many bands started. Not many bands start off songs with a little bass ditty like that. And I thought it was really right. cool sounding. The uh, the drums on this, again, they, they do, um, there's like a kind of a generic sounding Tom bit that he does. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's like a perfect little bit that you need to do. I think it's at like a minute or so, right before a verse comes in. And his snare bugged me a little bit on that again. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. It's just such a wussy little snare. But they come in with this really drivey high-pitched uh guitar on top of the yelling and i gotta i gotta like a i just get so many weird vibes out of this it reminded me a lot of cursive too kind of like that midwest sort of emo sounding guitar in the background i thought it was super cool uh this one is i think my favorite song on the album i wish that the yelling parts with that that are tucked in the background would have been I, you want me to give you, I'll give you like a little spot that it's at. Sure. It's at like two minutes. He's kind of just yelling and they, they tuck the vocals a little bit and it's like a little break in the song. I wish that they were for a change on the album. I wish that the yelling was a little more present and maybe just had some verb on it. I think that would have made it stand out more. Cause I feel like that should have been a vocal point to the song, but I thought the song was really well put together and it's not, they do a lot of interesting things to kind of break up the songs, but I thought this one was broken up so well that it didn't really feel like a song. It kind of felt like a story more or less. Yep. Am I right on that? 
Uh, yeah, I'll talk about that. <laughs> okay. Is there a lot of lyrical ties in this? Oh, the entire album is a story. Yeah. Okay. Because uh-huh. you know how bad I am with lyrics when I listen to <laughs> albums. No, I. That's okay because like I, I think that um, if you ever were to revisit this album, or honestly, you don't even have to like listen to it. I think reading through not only this album, but actually their discography, um, just lyrically, they all, I think all of them, they all connect and they're all actually a story, but I'll get to that. So, (laughs) yeah, I read, I read through some of the lyrics and to be honest with you, I didn't really put the story together, but I was also Mm -hmm. listening while reading and maybe it would be better if I just sat down and read the actual thing now, but we'll move on to the next one so we can get to what you're saying. Cause now I'm really curious. Uh, Quiet yeah. the Longing, mm-hmm. the chorus on this song was fucking amazing. Okay. The, it it kind of, so the, the verse is very, very punchy and drivey, which is kind of what you expect on this album. And I think it's the chorus. Yeah, the verses are just like this snare hitting, like yeah, kind of like a kind of like a rise against kind of vibe on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, the verses kind of break down into almost it's not a halftime. I think it's still a four four, but just the way that yeah. they break up the vocals with it. I think the it was a really it was really nice because the 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 verse was just so fucking punchy that they needed to break it up like that, and I thought that they did an excellent job on it. Uh, not not a lot else on it. I thought the song was just pretty good all in all, but I thought that the chorus was one of the better ones on the album so far. Also, his symbols. I'm curious. I tried to find it, and, like Google it and look it up, but I couldn't find anything. I want to know what symbols he uses because they're fucking yeah. really good sounding. Yeah, I agree. His set. I know you said that you didn't particularly like the maybe the mixing of the drums or anything, but like. I, I, I do. Um, it just, I think for me, uh, it, it's, it seems less like, like production behind it. And it seems more like it's just in an open room. That's the feeling that I get. But like, ah, I don't know. You have more of an ear for that kind of stuff. Yeah, than see, I, do, I, so. I actually was a little bit opposite. I think that the, and I might be wrong. I just, from my list, you've listened to this album a hell of a lot more than me, so you're probably right. But from my ears, I thought the production was so good on it that the only thing that I thought was lacking was the snare drum just didn't have enough bottom end for my preference. And the snare sounded like an open room snare, but everything else was really tight and close mic'd and mixed really well. I just kind of missed that bottom end on the snare. But that's really as, it's not, it's not bad. It's not a knock on them. This is... I mean, my snares probably sound like shit on my album to a lot of people. <laughs> you know, it's purely, sure. purely preference. Uh, at peace, I mm-hmm. I got, <laughs> I wrote down, I'm getting a vibe that this album is going to take a turn. And I don't understand where this turn's going to take. Because it got, it got oh, it really, it got really like poppy sounding. And like really bright and happy with the exception of the vocals are yelling over. But musically, it got really bright for a minute. And then they'd bring it back down into like this slow verse with these kind of minor sounding guitar notes. But then it would go back into this happy place. And I could feel the album was going to take a shift. About a minute 45, they do like this little break. And I don't know if it's keys or guitar or what it is, but there's this little quiet, pretty part. 
and I kind of thought the album was done at first. I was like, well, I didn't look at how many tracks were on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, maybe it's not going to make a change or anything. Maybe this is just like the end of the album. And then they come back in and they, you know, they kind of reprise the vibe that they had in the beginning until the end of the song. And I honestly thought that the album was done. They ended it. Okay. They ended this track with some little twinkling guitars and he was just yelling. And I was like, that's like a great ending point to this album. Yeah. You move into the next track, White Oak Doors, which I, I really don't have a lot written down on this song. I, I don't know the context now of the story, so I, I want right. to hear what it is. But the song is really long, and it just kind of... Does it really just stop? Yep. It just... Okay, so I'm not fucking stupid here then. So I wrote down a note. I was like, I don't know if Amazon Music fucked up or what happened, but at five fucking minutes and like 40 seconds, it's just this drum kind of banging you in the face and he's just screaming and then it just cuts. Yep. And there's like a minute of silence. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Now I thought, now I looked at the track listing and I was like, okay, there's four songs left. This song's broken. What's happening? Yeah. So I can, if you, so, okay. The next four songs, I mean, you can really all sum them up and wow, does it take a turn from the the rest of the stuff? And it just becomes this kind of acoustic-y, folky, little almost EP add-in, you know? Yeah. And it kind of actually just, it ties in some of the story elements that happened to the, during the album and some of the stuff that happens in between stuff. Um, if you have any highlights on those, we can I certainly have, go I have over. a couple. So the last four I lumped into one big area. Yeah. And I, I just have a couple things to say. First. Okay. These guys are a hell of a lot more talented than not, maybe not the drummer because the drummer showed off like a motherfucker and the guitar tones are really good, (laughs) but these guys are a lot more talented and well-rounded than the first 11 songs. I think it is on this album or 10 songs lead you to believe that they are sure. And I was wildly impressed with these last four because this, it turns into like this Americana kind of folky campfire, uh, sometimes bits of like acoustic emo-ish. And it can't be easy <laughs> to <laughs> to switch. Because st- like I can, I can write a song on electric guitar, right? And then I can write a song on acoustic guitar, but it's always going to be my style. These guys completely yeah. dropped their style and a- adopted or adapted to a new one and they did it with such grace and such ease that I just, I, I don't, I don't know. It's just really good. I have a couple standout bits. So on bad breathing, uh, mainly what I have written down is it's not easy to mic and record acoustic guitars and make them sound super, super good. They did a really good job on that in case I'm wrong. I think it's the same, according to Google, from what I read, it's the same guy singing on this back four songs that was yelling on the first half. And I wish that they would have taken some of his pretty wildly good singing voice and incorporated it into that post-hardcore 
ness that they had on the beginning of the album. But again, that's just yeah. personal preference. I didn't love his monotone screaming voice, and I think that if he would have adopted that kind of brand new thing a little bit more, where you can sing good, but you can also yell your fucking head off, I think that that would have made this album that much better for me. Yeah. Uh, another couple bits. So the second pretty song is called Brothers. And yeah. I th- just one thing that I noticed is they had some like violins in it. Yep. And I just I, mainly what I want to know. First of all, I love violins in acoustic settings, especially when they're tucked like that. And it's just kind of an additive instead of a standout point. I think that that's gorgeous. I also really want to know if they're real because I feel like they're just samples and I'm extra curious. I am. Um, I think I just was looking on. I mean, I think, I mean, Wikipedia, I mean, honestly, I could probably take out the album like 10 feet from me, but like, I'm not going to do that. So that's fair. <laughs> I think that they, I think that they had some additional instruments like cello and violin and stuff like that, that were credited on yeah, it. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. They did. I just looked. Yeah. So they do have cello and violin and pedal steel. So all of that was live track then, and, and fuck, man, they did a really good job on that. It has no, it yep. has no points of. I don't know how to word this without sounding like not pretentious, but like just kind of a dick. It has no points where they fuck up, and how yeah. do you do that? <laughs> and that's why I thought it was a sample because <laughs> yeah. it's so fucking clean. Aside from that, so I I don't really have anything else in these last four songs. Obviously, I am automatically drawn to this back half i loved all four of these back half songs now i just want to finish my little bit and then i want to hear the story but my consensus on the album i really liked it there were a lot of points that i hated still and that mainly just ties to is just the monotone yelling is not my thing that's a little too close to hardcore for me but musically this album was enough for me to really like it i would put i would put it in the same realm as as brand new um, I don't love it as much as I would love a brand new album. I will return to some songs. I will for sure return to the last four. And then there are a couple yeah. within the album that I'll probably put on once in a while when I'm really feeling like I'm in a mood and I'm just going for a drive. But yep. I, it was a it was a really good listen. Now that I know that there's an actual story, and actually while we were talking, I was looking it up on Wikipedia too, I guess all of their albums, like you said, are all plot-driven, which is very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I kind of wish that maybe I would have paid attention more when I was reading the lyrics and tried to capture that. And that's a little bit of a buzzkill for me, but I think, I think I, I was, a, I was gonna like tell you, but then I was like, it's already like, I don't know if it's going to be in your wheelhouse enough for you to even care to pay attention to the lyrics so i was just kind of like i'll let you have it future and future then, reference any album that you give me you say you say is a concept record even if yeah. i hate it it's like fucking violent J. I did not like that yeah. album <laughs> but you better believe i'm gonna google shit while i'm listening to it to try to compare other people's theories to mine or what's the one that your brother gave us uh, uh the arbitrary yeah, blues that album like that's not yeah. my style music but i loved it simply for the fact that how do you make a book an album essentially? You know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Crazy. Um so, uh just I'm going to try and not butcher this as much as I can, but 
because there are so many other ties to other albums, and thankfully this is only the second actual full-length album in their discography, their music is set in like the World War One, World War Two era. The the story, sorry, their story okay. is. Um, their first album, Travels, was about, uh, and it's it's relevant to this, and I promise this will only take like maybe two minutes, but <laughs> their first album, Travels, is about the younger brother that's in the story of empty, uh, um, that's in the story of empty days and sleepless nights. So, and we'll get back to that. Basically, they there's two brothers, and this first album that they did, Travels, is focuses on the younger one. They both grew up in a dysfunctional home. Uh, the the father and the youngest brother, they really don't get along, and there's a lot of like shit between them. And the youngest brother and the older brother, who Empty Days and Sleepless Nights is a focus on, don't really get along either. Uh, the father is kind of a, a deadbeat, like, drinker, gambler, uh, who basically is in uh, in trouble with, like, debt collectors and stuff like that. Uh, and the mother is, like, addicted to drugs. I believe it's heroin. So two brothers growing up in that home. Uh, Travels is about the younger brother. He begins to drink a lot. He gets really heavy into drinking. Um and then he just kind of like leaves home. Uh, he comes back and kills his father with like a with like a bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> it calls out specifically. Okay. Um, and then he and then he kind of like lives life on the run, hopping train cars and stuff like that. Um, there's a whole EP in between there where it talks about what happens during his travels and stuff, but we're going to skip that for now. Empty Days is the story of the older brother, and it picks up right as him, the older brother, and the mother see the youngest brother kill the dad with the bottle of Jack Daniels. Like, the, he, like, hits him or whatever. Um, and that's why it says, like, the opening lines of Empty Days are, Dear God, what have you done? And, like, that's the words from the mother. Basically, the some of the stuff is, uh, you know, after, after that happens, the youngest brother runs off, obviously, and the oldest brother buries the father. He works like crazy on the docks to support, you know, his mother, who's basically getting deeper and deeper into drugs. Um, he basically curses his brother. He's like, you know, fuck that dude. Uh, because it's just kind of like torn apart the family and stuff like that, killing his dad and his mother spiraling into more drug use. And when he's not at, he's not working, he's in bars. Um, he meets this lady at the bar, and that's the copper coin song, uh, the the empty glass or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the bookie who was the dad was in debt with, um happens to go to that bar as well and every time he sees him is kind of like hey man your dad i don't care that he's dead he still owes his money and then um he falls in love with the girl at the bar uh they get married and stuff and then or they're like planning to get married 
And then there's, and during white knuckle is when he basically is working up the courage to be like, you know what? Like, fuck you. I, I don't owe you anything. Um, sort of thing. And he heads home and finds his, his like wife or girlfriend to be dead by the bookie who went and killed her because of, um, as like kind of payment sort of thing. Um, (laughs) it's really depressing, but great story. Kind of honestly, um, but like great story kind of, <laughs> but like, you know, he obviously gets depressed because of that. Um, his mom is basically just, you know, doing more drugs and stuff to kind of cope with the pain where she eventually dies. Um, and then this is kind of where we get to the point where his brother returns his, his younger brother kind of returns home and this is where we get to the uh, White Oak Door. Um, and the reason that, well, we'll get to that in a second, but basically he's like, you know, this. my brother has basically just torn this family apart. Mom's dead, dad's dead. My, you know, my either wife or my soon, you know, soon to be wife is dead because of, he basically blames everything on his brother, right? Mm-hmm. And so he basically takes his brother down by gunpoint to the tracks where he basically was hopping trains and stuff like that. And there's a train, there's an oncoming train. And he's like, either I'm going to kill you with my gun or this train is going to kill you. And in White Oak Door, that's why there's that part where it gets really quiet. And then you hear that like big building like, yeah that that's supposed to be like the sound of an oncoming train and it's like coming to them and it's getting closer and it's getting louder and stuff like that um the oldest brother gets in such a like you know i mean he's been like drinking that night and stuff like that so he gets like really flustered and the youngest brother kind of takes advantage of his flustered moment and like kind of turns him around and like puts him on the tracks and he gets hold of his older brother's gun. And like at the end of it, you kind of see like the oldest brother being like almost at peace. And he's like, well, I guess I get to finally see my, my former lover. And he's like, and I guess if anybody had to kill me, I would hope it would be my family. And before he can say family, that's when everything cuts. And like that to me, knowing the backstory and shit, and then to the point that it gets to that is like so fascinating. And I don't think any other like hardcore band would ever be. No, they're not that. They're not that that. invested in the lyrics. (laughs) Right. Right. And like, That's why I find this band so interesting is because they have a concept story behind the whole thing. And yes, very depressing, very sad story and stuff like that. Uh, They talk a lot about like um, in the EP in between. I think they deal a lot with like racism and prejudice. And they also deal a lot with um, in their first 
album that they did. Um, they deal a lot with like post-war, like, uh, uh, not, not depression, but like basically being psychologically and mentally, you know, scarred because of it. And so, I mean, like, it is like telling these sort of like issues that they want to bring to light, but through this like story and this woven detail. And also it's just, I, I think that like, look, I'm a sucker for like crazy movies and stuff like that. And really kind of sad, depressing stuff. And I, <laughs> as depressing as this is, I think that that's so cool that they made a story like yeah. that, you know? I really hope that it's not so, like true events. No, I, I don't think so. I I don't think so. But it's like, yeah, it's just they, they it's crazy to think that he's woven like this whole story about that and stuff like that. But yeah, I so I don't know if it's better that you know the story well, now you know, given that how puts a, crazy it that is. That puts a whole different light like on the entire album. Just that one little part that you were talking about yeah. that's supposed to be train tracks. That like yeah. that that changes the whole perspective. That's of, the coolest shit. Dude. Yeah. That really changes the perspective of everything on the album for me. Yeah. 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 Huh. Yeah. So like, I mean, yeah. So it's one of those things. I, I just didn't want to overwhelm you because of how, like, I didn't know how you're going to take this album anyway. That makes sense. <laughs> so, um, I was just kind of like, well, you know, and you know, you can, and I, the thing I I was thinking about is maybe he has that one tone of voice, that monotone so that you can catch like what he's saying lyrically. So you're not having to like attune your ear to like all these ups and downs of like crazy winding vocal patterns and stuff like that. You yeah, know what that I mean? could be, I know you, I, I, I don't know if that's the case, but. That's the only thing I can think of. It would of, make you know? sense because he clearly has the range and he has the ability to change it if he needs to. Yep. Yeah. Right. So I don't know, dude. Like this album when I when so my my friend introduced me to the, you know, empty glass or whatever. Uh and uh he told me just a little bit of the backstory and I was like, oh I was like Okay, like, even if I just read the lyrics, even if I don't like the band, maybe, like, the lyrics are going to be cool because it tells this story, and it certainly does. And so, yeah, just interesting. I, I don't think that they've I've ever seen a hardcore whatever band ever take on such a story endeavor like that. So I think that makes them pretty unique in the space. So. You know, to to link it to, again, one of my f- well, they're canceled, but was what what was one <laughs> of my favorite bands, brand new. I don't know if they ever really did concept records like that, but every mm-hmm. song was a very, it was a very, maybe not clear, but it was it was a story, and it was a very thoughtful and well thought out story, and that's just another tie yeah. that really links this band to something that I really enjoy. So that's, that's pretty fucking cool. I mean, if any of that interests you after listening to us for God, I mean, over an hour, I mean, check these bands out. I think that, I mean, again, if you were into that email alternative stuff, I mean, I think this bill Canvas is definitely going to be up your alley. Um, as far as defeater, did you have any other words on 
them or that or whatever. Uh, the only thing I would like to say is if anybody's listening and you're like me and you haven't liked any of the hardcore bands, <laughs> especially after what yeah. Nate just said with the concept of the album, I think that you might dig this one. I think you might dig it. Give it a so. shot. Don't be scared when Mr. Joshua L. Lubavitch says it's a hardcore album because I feel like that is just classifying <laughs> it as something that yeah, I don't really think that it's going to, I don't think it sits in that realm for me now. Yeah. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to go back now and listen to it and actually read kind of what's happening like a little and actually pay attention to it a little heavier i maybe if i would have known that it was a concept album i would have tried to have linked certain things together from song to song rather than going into each song with like a fresh slate or clean slate as people would normally say it yeah yeah i i was kind of like i was secretly just like maybe he's gonna like figure out that there's more than just like each song I didn't. Well, I mean, you know, I figured out that something was different about this album, but I yep. and obviously most did. people would when you listen to it and then you hit that back the back four songs. I just had no idea that it was that. But now I'm wildly intrigued. And now I don't know. Knowing that, I don't know if I'm going to be able to listen to the four songs individually like I wanted to, because if I get too wrapped up in the story, like the the Abattoir Blues, is that right? I can't listen to yeah. a, I can't listen to single songs on the on that album. I can't fucking do it. <laughs> I can't. Right. It's so good. Yeah. Interesting. As a whole. Cool. Well, I'm glad that you shared that with me. That's that's fun. That's a fun little album. It's great. It's great. Even if it's just for story, it's great. But anyways, we've been talking for too long and you know, that's my fault usually. So <laughs> Um, hey, we're bad bandmates. That was the album swap. Um, and next week we're gonna do something, I don't know, probably something different. So, I think know. that might be the first time that you've said we're bad bandmates. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> we're bad bandmates. Thank you, Detroit, or whatever. <laughs> If we start a band, can we be called Bad Bandmates? Yeah, well, we trademarked it, so. Okay, cool. I don't know. That's it. Do you have anything more to say, Josh? I don't. Listen to these albums, but also share, you know, share on the share share us. it on the internet. Share us on the internet. Share us on the internet, Sharon. <laughs> Sharon, you better be sharing. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I mean. Uh, All right. Well, that's it. Okay, thanks. Bye.